This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Machine Learning Benchmark produces split decision. NVIDIA expands DGX Ready program. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell, and she's Tiffany Trader. And This Week in HPC, Tiffany, we've been, we always love benchmarks and we love races and we really love winners. And the new ML Perf <laughs> benchmark is out, but it didn't produce a definitive winner in this case. NVIDIA and Google both had very strong showings and which one came out on top kind of depends on what you're looking at. That's right. The results for the second round of the MLPerf training suite uh, were were published this week with Google and NVIDIA coming out on top. Um, They each picked up three wins in the at scale division, which is the result that's important for most companies today. In total, NVIDIA claimed eight new performance records. So that includes for the uh, the per accelerator v- division, as well as the at scale category that we mentioned. And that was with its V100 based DGX clusters, primarily its, its DGX2 SuperPod. And Google Cloud achieved three top at scale results for its TPU V3 pods. And uh, like uh, like you said, and like the inaugural MLPerf training round announced last December, uh, the second round is primarily a two-horse race. Uh, Google, NVIDIA, and Intel were the only companies who submitted to the closed non-research division, and Intel only submitted to one out of the three categories, uh, which was the, the reinforcement category uh, for um, which the uh, the model was Minigo. And this round also saw a research, a research submission. Um, so there are actually a total of five, five companies altogether. Uh, like I said, Google and NVIDIA were the primary ones. But this round also saw a research submission from Alibaba and uh, the first open submission from Fujitsu. And if you're wondering, people are wondering a closed open, what's that mean? Well, to clarify, MLPerf says that the closed division is intended to compare hardware platforms or software frameworks on an apples to apples um, basis and requires that the entrants uh, use the same model and optimizer as the reference implementation. And then the, the open division is intended to foster faster models and optimizers and allows any uh, machine learning approach that can reach the target quality. Uh, and one of the major takeaways here are that there are really these two these two options. It really shows that there are t- there's th- two options right now um, since you know Google and Nvidia have really have dominated this. So there's one the Google Cloud for the the I mean, NVIDIA for the on-prem and then uh, Google Cloud for, for the cloud. And they're, they're both pretty equal in terms of performance, um, you know, depending on, on what, what, models, what, what models you're looking at. Uh, Google, Google came out ahead in the image class, classification, the ResNet 50, um, Transformer, and SSD. And then NVIDIA came out ahead on uh, GNMT, reinfor- the reinforcement learning one, and the mask um, the mask RCNN one. Yeah, it's interesting, this MLPerf benchmark for training. What it really is is a composite benchmark or aggregate of a lot of different workload segments. When it was first announced, and we talked about it 
at the end of last year on This Week in HPC. We talked about this nature of the ML Perf. It's really a benchmark suite. It reminded me of the spec benchmark suite, where one spec score is really an aggregate of a suite of benchmarks underneath. And, and I like that because what you have is real workload segments with real data sets, but then going through different areas of AI training. So there's a segment for image classification. There's something for object detection, for translation, for recommendations. Uh, and, and those are just a subset of them. And then you have to kind of run the the gauntlet of the whole benchmark suite in order to get an aggregate score. I think that's a nice way to do something as complicated as machine learning if we're trying to get a sense of what are the better architectures or frameworks for doing machine learning. The shame of it is, as you pointed out, that right now only NVIDIA and Google seem to be doing this in full with NVIDIA kind of doing it in part. And uh, if the benchmark really gets established as something that people are looking at, it's it's going to be a big choice for companies in terms of participation of, you know, if you sit out, then everyone's going to start to assume it's it's because you you would lose. And, and really, you you got to get in the game and prove it one way or another. And uh, and I don't think it really is a two horse race. I mean, you've got NVIDIA and Google playing here, but let's take a look at AWS. Let's take a look at Azure. Let's take a look at Intel. Would it make sense for a company like AMD or Xilinx to get in the game with this and talk about how they would stack up? I think more people would like to see that. But but for right now, this does firmly entrench it as uh, as NVIDIA and Google as the major players. Right. And so uh, great points. And this, the, the MLPerf is actually supported by more than 40 companies and organizations. So in addition to the ones we've talked about, AMD, you mentioned AMD, AMD is a supporter, ARM is, Cray is, Cisco, Microsoft, and, and, and lots of others too. So I think, you know, we, we, it's still early. I mean, this is the, the, the 0.6 version. So we're not even at the 1.0 version of this yet. I do think we'll start to see it open up. They also have recently announced uh, an inference, an inference division. We're going to see um, the results for that are due, um, and I think uh, um, in a month or, or, or so. So we're going to start to see, and I think, I think especially on the inference side, you know, that will open it up to more players. So it's still early days. In your article on HPC Wire, which we'll refer our listeners to, you do have a good quote from Carl Freund of More Insights, uh, More Insights and Strategy, where Carl says. Uh, this, what this really emphasizes is the notion that if you're going to do things in the cloud, you can, you might go to Google, but if you're looking on premise, you might go to NVIDIA. I don't think it's quite as simple as that, but his statement is close enough to true that I might have made the same statement myself. And, uh, and, and I think NVIDIA is really looking at that where they've got these DGX platforms that they want to sell on premise. And then if someone wants to burst into cloud, they can use NVIDIA's containers to do so. But we haven't seen a big demand yet for actual DGX or HGX reference architectures that people can access in the cloud. You can get the individual components like a V100 but not the DGX or HGX uh, NVIDIA systems. But meanwhile, this week in HPC, NVIDIA is also announcing that they're pushing their DGX Ready program into more countries, 19 countries in all. This is a, a sort of try and buy scenario where they're trying to get more people to bring their codes to these essentially centers of excellence to try to get them uh, running on DGX architectures, give people more experience with that for machine learning. 
Yeah, so first, this was first announced in January, and they're they're announcing this expansion into 19 countries um, beyond and beyond the U.S. and uh, doubling the number of um, data center partners. Uh, three new partners in Europe, five in Asia, two in North America. Uh, program now available in 24 countries. So a pretty big, big expansion of this um, this program. Uh, a couple of the partners um, we're familiar with, uh, Vern Global is one, and uh, Fujitsu uh, is one with uh, its Yokohama data center that is hosting more than 60 NVIDIA DGX1 and DGX2 systems. Um, so they're, yeah, so they're looking at this, I think, um, as, a, as a bit of a way to... Um, get people more familiar, get people trying the DGX1s, try it before you buy it, easing adoption um, of, of GPU computing and, and on-ramping, um, you know, it, hopefully they, they hope it will translate into uh, you know, um, a great, greater ecosystem of, of users and, and more, more, um, more purchases. Uh, you know, I've, um, I've noted that you can, uh, you can get a V100 in, in the cloud, in the public clouds, um, but you can't get a, a DGX uh, in the cloud. Um, you know, when we look at those MLPerf results, a lot of the, some of those results were done using, um, you know, 96 node DGX2, and we're getting comparable results to a 124 chip TPU pod, and then the Google the Google Cloud. But you know, only one of those pods is really consumable in a. Uh, Based, a cloud consumption-based elastic model, and that's um, you know the, the the Google one. So I don't. Know, I mean, this is this isn't this isn't really a, a cloud play, but it does it does move um, Nvidia a bit a bit closer towards towards that model. Um, you know, towards more of a, a hybrid model. Before we wrap this episode of This Week in HPC, we should make note of one other story, which is going back to last October when IBM announced its planned acquisition of Red Hat for $34 billion. It's been a nine-month process, but that deal is finally closed. Uh, so uh, we can uh, finally get some, uh, well, some actual closure around that story. Yeah, so um, there was kind of, there was some doubt over or the, over whether this would go through, there were some delays, and then this week we 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 learned that it, it had indeed closed. Um, IBM said that uh, Red Hat would operate as uh, an independent unit from its headquarters in, in Raleigh, North Carolina. Jim Whitehurst, Red Hat's president and CEO, will will retain that title uh, while joining IBM's senior management uh, team um, and reporting to uh, the IBM CEO J- Jimmy Ginny Rometty. Yeah, that part I all believe, and uh, and I think that is in IBM's interest to keep Red Hat running exactly as it is. In terms of everything they said about this developing a hybrid cloud strategy for enterprise, I think that rings a, a little shallow for me. I think there's more to it than that. And I said this again on This Week in HPC back when we first covered this story last October, that that really if it's just about hybrid clouds as they are today, I don't think that market is so huge that it really justified the $34 billion purchase price. However, if I look strategically at where IBM's been in terms of AI and machine learning, uh, and wanting to serve the enterprise, really they've had these great engines like Watson, but not enough data to feed into them. When I consider how much enterprise data goes through a Red Hat stack, either on-premise or in a cloud, if you're giving IBM access to that workflow data, I don't, I don't mean confidential data like customer records or credit card numbers or things, but but enterprise workflow data, that really gives IBM the opportunity to mine that data and, and create what's essentially 
becomes an intelligent enterprise hybrid cloud that that has machine learning built in at the operating layer that i think is ultimately ibm's strategy here and that would be worth a, a, a substantial premium to ibm to get that kind of enterprise data i think that's an interesting very interesting point you're making and i think that that's it's always good to consider all of the other all, all of the other reasons that they have, you know, for doing this, in addition to the publicly stated one, uh, which is um, that they're going all in on this uh, hybrid um, multi-cloud platform based on open source and that, that, that they'll be, um, you know, the ones to deliver that. So it was all about AI this week in HPC. We'll refer our listeners to HPC Wire for more details in the articles. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.